no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dumb and dumber, I'd call him. that one on the spot guys hope you guys enjoyed it um but yes <laughs> Wilbur has returned from his four-week hiatus on his glorious asian expedition to singapore and japan welcome back brother how you how you feeling thanks mate yeah good um it's good to be back on the pod not to be good not good to be back at work um and yeah i haven't heard that song in a long time actually. yeah me neither <laughs> except for like in random like tiktok clips and shit. yeah yeah no nah, it's good it's good um yeah listen to didn't listen to the resic podcast yet but i listened to the the one with yarn and the one with josh i mean resic's done like nine or ten shows once you've heard one you've heard them all yeah know, so. yeah but yeah the <laughs> the one with yarn and the one with josh were, were, were very good just kidding um, resic i love you um but yes no we had we had some good substitutes in over the last uh few weeks last month even and then obviously last week, you may have noticed we didn't post uh, a po- an episode. I didn't feel like notifying anyone. Just the week got away from me a bit. I've been a bit busy. But with the international break, kind of felt a good time to just chill out. And then now, over that course of that international break, some very big news that is relevant to us or, and you, Wilbur, has dropped. Uh, so we're going to spend the majority of the podcast talking about that and then preview for massive games coming up this weekend as the Premier League returns. But yes, without further ado, Everton, ha- in what is an unprecedented case, have been the first, te- first team to be punished for breaching the financial fair play rules or as they're now called, the... Uh, something the they... Profit and sustainability rules. Profit and sustainability rules, rules. Yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the one. Uh... Initial thoughts, feelings, reactions? I think, yeah, it was it, it was interesting because obviously since the Liverpool game, results have been quite good. Beat West Ham, drew with Brighton, which was a bit stiff. And then the Crystal Palace game was, was a good win. Um, and then, yeah, that, that news obviously took the wind out of the sails a little bit. But it... I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure what to make out of it, to be honest. Like, there's there's obviously a lot of stuff online about it being unjust in the context of Man City and Chelsea not getting point deductions and that taking so much longer. But I, I suppose as well, like, Everton spend over the last, you know, years has been up there with, with Man City and or like all the rest of the big players. And obviously we don't bring in as much revenue as well. So I think, I don't know, there's... Like, we, we definitely haven't been, you know, running the club, it seems like, in, in a way that, that is sustainable. But also, it seems a bit unfair if you're not going to 
penalize other people for that for seemingly reasons that you know they're they're kind of too big to be deducted points sort of thing Mm. so i suppose that's my initial reaction and in terms of i suppose moving forward it, it it does feel like with the results before it and then this coming in it does feel like a bit of like a galvanizing thing and i i do think that the performances can continue and potentially have a little bit like even more impetus with kind of feeling like you know the we've been wronged yeah there's corruption and we've been wronged which is you know something as everton as like the people's club definitely a narrative that the that the fans and and the players i suppose can get around but yeah what what are you, what are your thoughts yeah so uh, i'll touch on like how i reckon everton's going to bounce kick on from this in in a little bit but initially yeah i think I, for those that haven't read up on this or you know listened to any podcast or anything about the nuts and bolts of what's happened in this case essentially is under Fahad Mashiri since 2016 Everton have spent a lot of money very quickly in the hope to raise the stature from like you know a mid-table club back into a European club I don't think anyone had illusions of them being a Champions League club but a Europa League club and possibly now even a Conference League club Mm. so a lot of money has been invested and that European qualification hasn't happened so there's been a lot of money missed out on there. And also, and it's just a lot of money's been spent. A lot of money's not been spent well. Uh, and then obviously with COVID coming in, I mean, Everton might have still been struggling to balance the, books, balance, balance the books even without COVID. But with COVID coming in, it kind of brought any incomings they had to a complete standstill. And they suffered for it. Uh, and yeah, posted losses of $370 million over five years. Uh, when Premier League clubs are only permitted to post losses of 105 million every three years, yeah, and even w- and then Everton, for context, uh, argued when the the independent commission you know said that they'd lost way too much money, the 370 million, said that mitigating factors like COVID and uh, and the st- and the stadium and and other things like that uh, had added, added on to their their expenditure yeah yeah. uh so they was so it was like through calculations by mathematicians far greater than i am uh the figure was brought down to 124 million 124.5 million of losses over that three-year period where they're only allowed 105 so there was still only nine still 19.5 million over the limit yeah which is essentially what they've been charged with and what has resulted in the 10 point deduction yeah so i think wait so they've they've brought it down to to kind of make it fair in the context of the reduced revenue from COVID. yeah Yeah, it's like scaled to because of you know it's like duckworth lewis method is the only thing i can that's bringing to mind i don't know what that is you know in cricket when there's rain and they sort of scale back how much of the score you need in the second oh innings? yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah true, it's, true that's a very very <laughs> not good analogy i thought that was sort of some mathematical theory or something <laughs> no nah, it's just it's it's, nah, it's just it's just it's cricket <laughs> um, still maths involved um, but yeah, it's, it's basically just, it's like scaling the figure accounting for, you know, it's account, it's like, it's like the opposite of accounting for inflation. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so I think in that essence, Liverpool, I mean, not Liverpool, Everton will admit that they were wrong in that and went over the limit and 
you know, just were guilty in that in that in that party. So a punishment of some sort was warranted, hmm. but I think a lot of people expected it to be a heavy fine, a transfer embargo, something that we've seen happen to the likes of Chelsea in the past. So it, an unprecedented ten point deduction. No no club has ever been deducted points for financial fair play stuff in the history of the Premier League. Yeah. I think that's where you see in Everton's response, they say, I think the, the quotation was used, was wholly unjust. Yeah. And they also said the club will be keeping a keen eye on the independent commission and the Premier League's decisions regarding other clubs. So mm. they're obviously like, well, you've done this to us. Now what's going to happen to Chelsea? What's going to happen to Manchester City? Yeah. So yeah, I think... Keeping it proportional like, yeah. to the... Yeah. So yeah, long, long story short, um, I think Everton definitely got it wrong with uh, with, how, uh, with too, too much spending and, and sort of eyes bigger than stomach sort of thing and deserved some sort of punishment because you can't just get away with that. Mm. But I do think they were sort of made to be made exa- an example of with the 10-point deduction, which I think was overly harsh, um, especially if like those cases are still ongoing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge, right? Because I suppose like Premier League safety is like around... What like 30, 35 points? Would is, is, is they that say right? it's forty, but 40 p- teams have survived with less. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose, I mean, that's probably moving on to a different point, but it it does kind of seem this year that you know maybe a, lo- a lower points tally will be enough to stay up, given how bad some of the newly pr- promoted teams have been. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very very harsh penalty for for something that, um. Seemingly, Everton have been like trying to work on and, and trying to fix it in recent times as well, with a, with a lot of people coming out saying that, including like Leon Osman, um, and that. So yeah, I don't know. It's it, it it is a difficult one, and I think the main the main criticism is the fact that it seems a bit unfair. Yeah, um, and and handed down so quickly because of we spoke about the the fact that the Man City charge is apparently going to take four years to figure at out at least. Yeah, yeah. And then this is all sorted within a year. I also don't, and I'm not sure if you do. I don't fully understand. So they said they're going to appeal. Yeah. But the points deduction is already in place. Yeah. So they're going to appeal, but the point, uh, but that potentially means the points deduction could be rescinded if the appeal is successful. Okay. But, but that I, doesn't seem like. I doubt yeah, the appeal yeah. will be successful. Yeah. Like they'd have to come up with some sort of crazy. Uh, sort of excuse for why they were still 19.5 over the limit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's going to fly. And I, it's, it's it's difficult because the Manchester City, and I learned this today, listen to the Athletic podcast, the, uh, um, the, the Manchester City case is different than the Everton case because the Everton case, for all the intricacies of it, is very cut and dry. There was an amount they couldn't go over and they went over it. Yeah, yeah. The Manchester City one is 112 accusations of being of, of essentially of lying of lying about how much they were of how, of how much they were recording in, in profits about lying about where their money was being kept about lying about where it was being moved to about a lot of just sort of like fraudulent activity mm. essentially which is incredibly hard to prove it's like it was evident it was all in the books so yeah but that's the thing. Like, so, but if Man City can, or if the independent commission or whoever can prove that against Manchester City, then it then it's huge because it means that what they've done wrong is not only not break the rules in terms of how much finances, how how much money they 
um, yeah. you committed have fraud. Or didn't have. You committed fraud yeah. essentially, which could result in who knows what. But I think that's why it's taking. It's going to take so much longer. Yeah. Whereas the Everton one was just like, you did this. You shouldn't have done this. Yeah. yeah. And it, like it, it is surprising that Man City weren't in a similar position when when they got that takeover. Because I don't think you, you can't kind of take over as revenue, right? And they were spending so much money on players, and like for a while, like it, it's hard to imagine how much that they had that much revenue coming in from things like ticket sales and like um, shirt sales and yeah, th- that sort of thing. Because they weren't in in that kind of you know big team sort of classification, but they were spending like way beyond it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing. Which, is, which, which separates why they weren't uh, sort of investigated early on and why Everton are now is the is the introduction of the Independent Commission. Yeah. Which has only happened recently in the past year or two. Yeah, okay, right. So like that wasn't around for years and clubs will be getting away with stuff for years. And now the Independent Commission has, has been introduced and you've already seen the 115 um, charges against Man City, the Everton case. And if Chelsea are not careful, in a couple of years they'll probably be found they'll probably be charged with the same sort of thing yeah i think that there's there's two other things worth worth noting i think in, in a lot of the criticism from i think yeah, it was the mayor of liverpool and i think leon osborne again <laughs> been quite vocal um i mean as as he should be is the fact that sort of fans and players are being punished for mistakes that are being made far like by you know, directors and the, oh, the, the executives of the club. Mm. Do, do you think there's, that's a, that's a fair criticism or is, is, is there any other way to punish a club? Do, do you know, like there, yeah. there is like, obviously there are other ways, but is this not a good way like moving forward for clubs to be punished because it, because it affects the fans? I think it comes back to that old sort of like, primary school or high school adage where it's like one one bad kid ruins it for the whole class yeah yeah it's like the the punishments that hit the hardest and make and and like result in you know the breaches or the rule breaks not happening again are the ones where the people the innocent people are the ones affected yeah so the fans and the supporters and the players didn't do anything wrong but they're going to get affected by it because of the wrongdoings of the people higher up. Yeah, and like that's not fair. But when when that like when that happens, the owners will have forced to be like, okay, if we do this again, we're going to be out of the club because we're going to have a riot on our hands. Like essentially, pro like you know, yeah, fan as as fruitless as a lot of fan protests are for most things, like you know, United the United protests against the Glazers and stuff. If Everton had to go into administration, there would be a full-on revolt, which would probably result in not only seven 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 and Fard Mashu, but both of them would be kicked from the club because they'd be like they'd like. They would that- ju- and so, so I think it, it just comes down to like, and also there would just be like an incredibly bad PR move as well for the owners to be like so fiercely ran out of the club after like taking it over in 2016 which was on the back end of a very successful period of Everton and then leaving it in the mud yeah in a space of less than 10 years but at the end of the day these it doesn't matter that much for these people who have put money into the club so so they might lose money but then they just leave and the, and the fans are left well, I'm, I'm also not saying that you know 
but I think, but, but I think it's it's the the Premier League. It's it's interesting that the Premier League can sit there and be like, oh, you know, you've spent so much money, and in in the first place, like not put any controls in for massive injections of cash into clubs that is going to be spent. Like, do, do, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's they, they don't put any controls into like you know Arab ownership of Man City. Um, and then they get surprised when clubs are breaking financial fair play rules and, and, and then punish the clubs for it at that point. Yeah, this was a point, again, that was, that was made on the podcast listening to, listening to today. It was the sort of adage of like Everton didn't quite get it right, but what they were trying to do was sort of break the mold of the big six, you know, invest heavily, build a squad, and then eventually build a stadium. That was what Fahad Mashiri's plans were. And yes, they got it wrong, but like, that's how much teams are having to sort of, you know, bend mm. and stretch the rules in their wallets to even challenge the big six. Like you're seeing it with Newcastle now. I've had to go get Arab investment. Aston Villa are spending a lot. Uh, like, like teams are trying to break that mold, and then you know sometimes they get found out and they get punished for it. But it's like, well, we're punished for breaking a system that the Premier League in itself created. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's a re- it's a tricky one. Cause like it is a break of the rules and, and, but at the same time, it's like you make these rules a lot easier for are some clubs to follow, but not others. Yeah. Because obviously the big six clubs and other clubs are going to have a way, are going to have a much easier time bringing in that revenue. Like it was just reported a week ago that Man City just posted record profits of 735 or something yeah, million pounds over the last that, financial yeah. year, which is ridiculous. Mm. Like, how, how do clubs compete with that? Mm. Yeah, and then it's like, you know, it's a rule It's it's a rule on profit. So clubs that have less money then, but yeah. And, but I, I suppose at the same time, you can, you can see the reason for the rules. But yeah, I, I just think um, it's interesting that yeah, the Premier League are now essentially punishing fans, and I suppose at the same time they're punishing the owners. But if the club goes under or gets relegated and isn't really good for the owners anymore, they'll just sell the club, and then the fans are left in the in the mm. in the Championship or or lower. Um, where in the first place the Premier League, maybe they should have. I mean, probably easy to say as well, but maybe they should have had the foresight to you know, not let these massive takeovers occur that are going to result in people breaking the rules. It's interesting because, yeah, I agree on one hand, but then also it's like there has been there's, there's examples of takeovers that have gone just much better. Like, it's like, yes, I agree that it's a it's a system that's hard to succeed in. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Fahad Mashiri and co are still with some blame because there's been plenty of other takeovers that have happened that have just not spent money as badly as they have. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Like Everton has spent a lot, but a lot of it has not been good. And there's some things that you can't account for, like the Gilpie, the Gilpie Sigurdsson situation. Yeah. And a few others. But then there's also just been a lot of flop signings. Ever. Like, like, you, like even if you, even just at the nuts and bolts of it, you boil it down 55 million combined for Theo Walcott, who was like on his last legs and Alex Awobi. Yeah. Was, was bad investment. And then what was it? Twenty five million for John Philippe Gabarman, like, mm. and other things. Like that. And it's like, I, and and like that happens to every club. But like, 
it just seems and like it, it can just be a case of bad luck but it seems to have happened a lot more with Everton than it did with other clubs yeah but yeah I, I don't I, I agree I don't really know if there's a right way to punish a team that you know because like obviously the, like the fans don't deserve it um, but again like if they just hand out but then you can't just hand out a singular fine to just my Fahad Mashiri because the club had some input in that too there's people in the in the board in the front office that would have had to sign off on things yeah so it's like how do you punish pick people out instead of just punishing the whole club do you know do you know how the punishment is is, is, is that the punishment has the punishment been set in the past with the rules of this profit and sustainability like have they set up the profit and sustainability rules and said if you do this you'll get point deduction sort of thing. no there's no precedent for it because no, okay. this is the first time it, a punishment has been handed down for this. so the independent commission came up with the punishment i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah true Interesting. because i think the the chelsea transfer embargo that they got the other day i think it was it was something to do with um like um, loney players potentially or i don't i'm not going to speak on it because i'm not 100 percent sure but it wasn't to do with like over expenditure yeah. It was to do with sort of like still financial fair play, but it was like some very sort of finicky rule that they broke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess. So that's that's the monetary of all of it out of the way. But what's left is the, like outside of the appeal, is just the pure footballing landscape of what now faces Everton. Uh, sitting in second last points on four, po- second last place on four points just ahead of Burnley on goal difference. But... With only two points, no, three points away from safety with Luton and Sheffield on six points. Am I, no, no. Yes? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Sheffield's on, yeah. Sheffield's on five, Luton's on six. Yeah, so realistically only three points from safety considering their goal difference is so much better than the other, the other clubs around them. Mm, yeah. So, like, alluding to what you were saying before, uh, it could be, this could also serve as a galvanizing moment for the club in which they sort of rise up from it, continue playing really well. uh, And with the lack of quality of teams, not just the three that got promoted this season, but also Fulham don't look great. Forest have looked okay against teams, but just they're still a bit kind of eh. Yeah. and Bournemouth have only just got have just got two wins, including one against Newcastle. But again, Everton sorted them pretty easily. So, my I'll ask you in a second. But my personal opinion is that I think Everton are still with this point deduction going to be fine because hmm. like what one win they're out, they're out of the bottom three. You know, they by January they could be sitting mid table again if they continue to play well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that, that's what I feel now as well. Like I, I, I feel like they're in good form and, and, and they can sort of kick on and, and, and continue to get good results. But I don't know, the the form of teams can change very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, like as we've seen in the Premier League. And yeah, I, I, would, I would be surprised if we got to the end of the season and we weren't still talking about the 10 point point deduction in terms of like whether Everton may or may not stay up. I I reckon it's still going to be close because it, it seems good at the moment for sure. And yeah, you look at the other teams, like you just mentioned, 
and it seems like we're currently in a better position than them but it, it, yeah it, it definitely can change I think yeah, even with Burnley like you know if, if all of a sudden they decide to you know get rid of Vincent Company and, and sort of change their approach in, in, like, and move away from just all out attack and, and nothing else and no shutting up shop like th- their results could change as well so I, I do just feel like it it's going to be tight until the end of the season. You can't, yeah. And given our last two seasons as well, like we barely avoided it without a 10-point point deduction. And yeah, yeah. That's fair. But the only, thing that I, the only thing that I would counter that with is that Everton, to the eye test and to the stats, like expected goals, expected points, have been drastically better this season than they have to start the last two seasons. Mm. I also saw that uh, apparently Abdullah Dukure is staying home from AFCON oh, to help Everton. That's dope. <laughs> that helps so much. I'm not sure how I felt about that, to be honest. I was a bit like... I mean, there's an, there's, an Af- there's an AFCON every two years, so... Still, but it's like, you know, it's an opportunity to represent your country at like a continental but tournament. What country is he from? I'm not sure. It might be a, speaking. It might be a country that he's just kind of like... We've, we've tried a couple. We've tried a bunch of times. It's not. It's not looking good. Surely not. Surely you'd. you'd I don't know, man. Like you'd be keen as to when they're every two years. Sometimes you're just like you know. Uh, it's just not quite worth it. Anyway, if, if we think about it in terms of like the next three fixtures, so we've got Man United at home. Apparently, there's a there's a protest. Game yeah, he's from he's from, he's from Mali. Like oh, they don't win anything. <laughs> True, but it's it's still an honour to represent your country. No, uh, it is, but uh, I'm just saying, when the AFCON is every two years, I can understand a player being like... Uh. Yeah, true, true. Especially in this sort of unprecedented... I've said that word a couple of times now, but circumstances for his club. Yeah, and he's he's obviously been so huge for us in the last two. It'll be interesting to see if Idrissa Gay plays for his national team. Yeah. But like he hasn't been starting every week anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah United I think you know there's definitely a, a sniff there the way United have been been playing and just how they are at the moment then it's Nottingham Forest away again um, another chance there and then Newcastle at home and Chelsea at home so it's it's not that's that's not an easy set of fixtures no but the first two games very and I guess with with that we'll now move on to uh, the the previews of the weeks of the weekend's fixtures mm. um yeah so everton man united this week i think you you take four points from those two games against united and forest and the picture looks a lot especially uh, look, looks a lot different yeah that's you know it's and that but that's you know all sort of par for the course really we don't really know what's going to happen yeah yeah uh but let's talk about man united versus everton so everton uh 10 win 10 10 points from their last 15 uh that they've played in so uh, so it's about two three wins a draw and a loss no no two wins two draw two no three yeah three wins a draw and a loss from their last two from the last five games yeah yeah uh and united um have the best form record of the last five games in the premier league albeit against all sides from the bottom half of the table. True. Uh, and or, and maybe even the bottom 15, the, like the bottom five of the table, I'm pretty sure. I think it was Luton. One nil against Luton, one nil against Fulham. Got smashed by Man City. 
beat Sheffield 2-1 and beat Brentford 2-1. Yeah, so outside of Brentford, and that game was against a Brentford team that was reeling with injuries. And mm. But yeah, um, they've got one, very shaky one-goal wins against teams that really haven't looked very good this season. Yeah. And then got absolutely spanked by Man City and embarrassingly lost to Copenhagen at home. Yeah. So, I think there's plenty for Everton to be taking into this game, especially seeing it's at Goodison. Goodison Park will probably be the loudest it'll be all season, this game. Yeah. Because the fans will be galvanised. The players will probably be galvanised to a certain degree as well. I know certain players like DCL... Tarkovsky, Onana, they'll all be up for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to Korea as well. So, I mean, United obviously have quality that, you know, you can't be complacent about. But I also don't... I think in terms of how Sean Dyche sets up, he sets up his team, I think they'll go at United and they'll they'll make it uncomfortable for them. And United, I don't think, respond well recent uh, in released recently to teams that make life uncomfortable for them yeah and when they go down for sure yeah yeah uh like i definitely agree i i feel like ever everton are gonna come out of the blocks like really hard um in terms of a score line for this one i think yeah i i think because we'll start well we'll we'll score early um and I'm I'm gonna pick an Everton two one win. I'm I'm gonna go bold here. I'm gonna pick an Everton three one win. Three, I, one. I think I think United. I think Eric Ten Hag is not. I don't. He doesn't give me the confidence of a manager that's gonna like get his team ready for what they're about to face at Goodison Park. Yeah, true. I think he doesn't have that level of like sense of the circ- of the circumstance or the situation mm. at least from what I've seen so far this season yeah uh, and I just think United United have a soft underbelly and and as, if it gets exposed early it, it'll get exposed all game yeah but like they ha- they're good enough to score one goal but Everton and Everton could easily just overwhelm them yeah at Goodison Park so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go 3-1 mm. All right. Next game, as we trundle along, is the what what would have been the biggest fixture of, um, of the weekend before the Everton point deduction. But I now actually think, in terms of like how sort of what it means for the Everton, like that is now the biggest fixture of the weekend. Yeah. But Man City Liverpool has been the biggest fixture on the football calendar for the past five years. So yes, uh, sitting one and two in the Premier League, like they always have. Uh, Liverpool doing better this season than a lot of people not named me get, thought they would do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Man City, in typical fashion, have struggled a couple games without Rodri, but every game they've had with Rodri, they've looked great. Um, I think this 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 game is a real chance for Liverpool to put down a marker and be like, yeah, we're back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, will they do it, though? Will they? So is, is, is Erling Haaland out? I saw he got injured for yeah. Norway. I'm not sure if he's out. So in the yeah, in the first of the matches of the international break that Norway played, he was injured and then he sat out of the Scotland game. So I mean that that's obviously big if he's out, but I, I also just get the feeling that the Man Man City just attack like while they'll miss him, we'll still be able to be quite potent without mm. him. 
Just checking, and it is... Oh, it's at the Etihad as well. Also, it's wildly for Liverpool, it's another 12.30pm kickoff. Mm. Yeah, I saw you. It's like, clock it's, like it's actually quite ridiculous and baffling that it's them every time after an international break. Yeah. Um, almost a tad suspicious, but I'm not going to get put my tinfoil hat on for that one. Maybe, uh, maybe because he keeps on complaining about it. <laughs> Premier League powers be there just like, hang. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, that'll have a factor on it. Um, it'll have a factor for both teams though, because both teams are littered with internationals that have been playing uh, in South America and everywhere else yeah uh, I think obviously Man City have the better squad but Liverpool's squad this season has looked very good especially their midfield mm. I think the midfield battle of uh, McAllister and then like Graven Birch or whoever plays there and Chobbers Lai yeah. against what Rodri and whoever else they play there because there's a myriad of people you can play there mm. and Pep has played there will be interesting uh, Julian Alvarez isn't much of a drop-off if Erling Haaland is injured. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeremy Doku against Trent will also be a very interesting matchup. Yeah, he should be able to rinse him quite yeah. a few times. Simicast has looked good so far without with Robertson being out. But didn't he have that mistake? He has that, but he did have a mistake. But he also then looked good in the three 0 win they had against. I can't remember who. Maybe Sheffield. I think maybe it was. he's just finding his. Because he's played second fiddle for so long. Maybe yeah. he's just sort of finding his feet. So yeah, I think at the Etihad, it'll be tough for Liverpool. But yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with a Liverpool win. And I'll oh, say... Oh, wow, that's not what I expected. I thought you. <laughs> I thought with the comments you're making, you were going to go for City. But... Nah, nah. I'm going to go for Liverpool win. I'll say... Actually, draw seems more likely. Yeah. I'm going to say 2 all. I'm going to say 2 all. That's a bit that I remember the season that they went toe to toe till the till the very end in the hundred point season. They both both their games were two all draws. Um, I'm also I mean, I went really bold with my pick for Liverpool to win the league this year, so I'm gonna go really bold again. I'm gonna go Liverpool winning. Stick to, uh, stick to your guns. I'm gonna go two one. I think um, there's a chance uh, Darwin Nunes has some has some crazy moment. Mm. He's had some crazy moments. Yeah, sure has. <laughs> uh, all right, moving along, we've got Newcastle Chelsea, which is to uh, one team that's Chelsea. For all their inconsistencies this year, they're one team that has stepped up in every big game, quote, like in quotation marks, yeah. against a uh, you know big six opponent. Cole Palmer's that guy. Yeah. Well, that guy from the penalty spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, he was he was good all over the pitch against City. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so Chelsea have yet to lose in a game against the big six this season. Spurs, Liverpool, City, and Arsenal. Um, and Newcastle are suffering a very big injury problem at the moment. They had 10 players unavailable against Bournemouth when they lost 2-0. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure many of them are back yet either. Um, so That was with the Trippier yelling at the fan, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> See how many injuries we got? See how many players we got out? See how many players we got out? Um, but yeah, so Surprising. this, I think I, I'm going to go for a Chelsea win here. I think they're going to step up for another big game and they're, even though, even though it is at St. James's Park, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, Chelsea, like, oh yes, they had the help with, you know, 10 men against, uh, or nine men against Tottenham, but that was an away performance they did pretty well at. Mm. Um, I'm going to say they step up against Newcastle and, uh, get a result. 
I reckon one nil. I'm gonna go for a draw, just because of you know St James's Park essentially, um, and it's gonna be a very difficult place for sort of a young yeah, Chelsea, actually, Chelsea team to go. One nil, maybe not. Probably two one. I think Newcastle will score. Mm. So I'll go one nil. I'll go one nil. I'm gonna go final answer. Three one. Three one. Yeah, <laughs> I think Chelsea are gonna Chelsea are gonna uh, come out of the box. All right, now we've got Aston Villa versus Tottenham. So this Tottenham is juicy, this one. reeling from their first two losses from the season in back-to-back games, reeling from having no Mickey van der Ven and no Christian Romero. Udogi is back for this game, and, but they'll also have no James Madison and uh, eight. They've got they'll have eight total players unavailable for this game because Udogi was back and they had nine un- unavailable players against Wolves. Yeah, uh, Villa, a team that has looked incredible at home, but has had very inconsistent form away from home mm. so this is at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium so you're not really sure what product what sort of product you're going to get from Villa in this game if if Arsenal well probably not that likely that Arsenal will lose to Brentford yeah. but if Arsenal lose and Liverpool lose and Aston Villa win they'll go into second yeah second place that's huge that's crazy um yeah, I, I, it's it, it's a difficult one. Tottenham's form definitely dipped, obviously, with, with Madison and a few others being out. I think Tottenham, probably. I'm, I don't think they will. I think, think they're so? serious. Like, like The players they've got missing, Ma- Romero, Van de Ven, and oh, Madison, yeah, and apparently Son picked up a knock in international duty as well. Oh, if Son's not there. <laughs> I think, like, even if Son is there, they're going to really show it. Cause Son, Son looked toothless without Madison playing um, in against Wolves. And I know Villa's away form is suspect, but they're good enough to... Uno Emery's good enough to have his side, who are not dealing with too many injuries, exploit that. And I think they will. Yeah. I'm going to go for a uh, 2-0 Villa win. Interesting, Very interesting managerial matchup as well. I, I, yeah. want, I want. Have these two ever faced each other before? Don't think so. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I'll, I'll stay with Tottenham, just because just I said that before. Score? Um... Two one, right? <laughs> nice. Okay, and uh, that will conclude us for this week. Uh, welcome back, Wilbur. Good to have you back on. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. Can't wait for. Can't wait to see how it all unfolds for Everton and the like as the Premier League returns over the next few weeks. But yes, that's all for us for now. Five star ratings on Spotify. If you've made it that far, thanks. Please and thank you. Follow us on all the socials. But uh, I've got to get to a football game. So bye bye for now.